Hey everybody, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey Songtown, I'm going to throw out a topic today. Can AI come up with a subject for Marty and I to talk about in today's podcast? So, I have asked AI to come up with three topics, and believe it or not, um, I actually thought one of them that was something we haven't talked about. A lot of them were the obvious things like, how do you write a great chorus, you know? <laughs> and like, thing, there were things that everyone would talk about. But one of them, I found a suggestion that, that was not um, something that we've really covered, and that is talking about some alternate song structures. And, and the reason I thought it was important is because over the last, I don't know, five or six years in pop music, I think because of, I think structure has really changed a lot for several reasons. So I thought it'd be good to talk about this. Um, first thing that happened was songs started having, they were verse, chorus, and then the second verse would be a feature. And so... Initially, it would come in where a rapper would rap the second verse instead of the singer, and, and they would call it a feature. Then people started, well, let's bring in a second artist. So if the artist is Beyonce, we're just making this up, she sings the first verse and chorus, and then let's say let's bring in Pink to sing the second verse, and Pink just makes up an entirely new verse. So it's almost like you have verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. You know, they, they usually you would save that additional melody stuff for a bridge later in the song, but it started just kind of getting moved up. And then what I started seeing a few years ago was not even having to have a feature artist come in the second verse, one singer on the song, and they just sing a completely different melody in the second verse. And so you started seeing this a lot in pop. And now um, there was a Morgan Wallen song a few months ago in country where he does this. Uh, I think it was maybe Sand in My Boots or something. Not sure about the title, but it's so, you know, they always say, well, country music is five years behind the trends in pop music. And so I think that's one of the things that's happened. And then I also think in pop because... TikTok has become such a motivator and a driving force in the pop world now that somebody has a short little TikTok music section that blows up. They get a record company that throws them a lot of money and says, well, now you need to make this into an entire song. Right. And they're not a lot of times experienced songwriters. So they don't know, you know, so a lot of times now... I listened to the top 10 songs and yeah, there was a Miley Cyrus song that was more traditional. It sounded like verse, pre-chorus, chorus. It had structure. But some of the songs that just got imported over from TikTok have no, no structure. It's almost just section, new section, new section, like it was really crazy. Um, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I don't, you don't see those songs nominated for song of the year a lot of times, but, and, and we don't know how long they'll stick around and last, but it is something 
that that we're we're having to acknowledge that's existing right now. It's not existing like that in country, um, but in the pop world, man, structure. It is like the wild west of structure right now on the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I had about maybe five years ago. I had a big and rich cut called "Did It for the Party," in which he um, I was writing with Big Kenny from Big and Rich, and we got to the second verse, and he starts singing this stuff, and I and I said, "Well, that's not the melody we did in the first verse." And he <laughs> goes, "I don't care. It's our song." Yeah, he goes, "It feels feels good." So he he did a completely different melody for the second verse. Um, and it worked just fine. You know, the, um, you know, one of the questions I get a lot from people in Songtown is about the AABA form of mm -hmm. songs, um, which is like verse, verse, bridge, verse. So it doesn't right. really have a, a proper chorus and it's got typically the, that title would be in those verses. And then the bridge kind of is a de departure. That's, I, had one song one time that was recorded that had that format and then the artist lost the record deal before that that it came out so i kind of wonder if the cutting my song with that alternative you know alternative <laughs> kind of style what cost them the record deal um but you do hear that common... you do hear that every few years especially mm -hmm. in the pop world you'll hear a song that that happens like that. They're, it used to be the norm back in the day of jazz with um, the jazz pop standards back in the day, like, all of me, why not take all of me? You know, those kind of songs were all about AABA structures, and they were very popular. We just haven't seen them so much over the last two decades of, of popular music. Yeah, and it's because typically they want a big chorus, you know, and, yeah. that, and that format doesn't have that big chorus to hang your hat on. You know, another interesting um, thing, the Bee Gees used to say that when they wrote, they would write three choruses in the same key and then figure out how they went together. Yeah. And and if you listen to their music, each section is, is just as catchy as the chorus in a lot mm -hmm. of their songs. And, and so that's an interesting format as well. You know, every now and then I have tried that, you know, let's, let's write something that feels like a chorus to make it a verse then write another thing that feels like a chorus, you know, and, and just kind of see where all those pieces fit together. That can be challenging to do and to, to make the song make sense, but it can be an interesting form to play with. Yes. Yeah, Sam Hollander um, did a podcast with me a couple months back and he was talking about his book, and one of the songs that I always loved of his was called High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. And as songwriters, we, we've always heard songs from time to time that start with the chorus. And High Hopes starts with the chorus. And he talked about how they, the writers, the band, and and the the first writers on that song were just struggling because it's it's hard to start with a chorus and figure out okay how do I do this and make it interesting and keep people interested, and so Sam came in and wrote, you know, really like a fifth section which became what they called the verse, but if I was to look at that structure, it's really odd. It starts with the chorus verse, pre-chorus, chorus, second verse, 
bridge one, back to the pre-chorus, bridge two, and then finally to the chorus. So, I mean, that's, I've never seen that, but if you go and listen to High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, it keeps your attention, and there's so many hooks that it it works, you know, and there, there are three choruses in the song, and there are two verses, which Sam added, but he made the point of saying that basically they had a bunch of sections, and they just chop things up and move them around until they found something that really felt like it worked. Nobody set out to write that structure, but with with the beauty of Pro Tools and being able to chop things up and move them around, they came up with this unique structure. I've got a probably the weirdest song I've ever written was a song called Cirque Dans la Rue that the, the Plain White Tees recorded. And it's it's got like a section in it with the, like a circus barker talking through a megaphone and just I mean I don't even know what to call a lot of the <laughs> sections in that song you know it's just we we kind of just did whatever felt good I mean, you know this topic makes me think of uh, when I went to Sweden one time for a songwriting camp and e- every writer there would you know we would be writing they go okay we got to have a middle eight. And what they meant by that was either like a solo section or a bridge. Um, the the thing I think you and I would recommend to people is when you're writing, don't don't feel like you have to have anything. Don't feel like you have to have a certain structure or don't feel like you can't depart from things and play around and, and experiment with something different, you know? And you you do have to pay attention to what's working on radio and that kind of thing if, if you're shooting for that. But a lot of times just letting yourself play a little bit and have fun can can let you come up with some things that maybe aren't conventional, but really sound cool and really add to the song. Yeah. And, you know, it's the old adage of you've got to know the rules before you can break them. You know, the verse, chorus, verse, chorus structure is there for a reason. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus structure is there for a reason. It works. People are used to hearing it. If you're going to step out of that with a song like High Hopes, you better make sure that you've got enough hooks and enough repetition that even though you broke the structure, it still works. You know, and you can't just have a whacked out structure and go, hey, this is inventive. No, that it has to be inventive in a way that works and is memorable and makes people want to hear it over and over and over. Because without structure, you just have, you know, free form jazz and nobody can hum back what you just played them. Right. Yeah. And I think those creative moments it doesn't take a lot of them. It's, it's kind of like salt on your meal. You don't, you don't just want to have salt all over the place. You know, you, you just use it, um, tastefully, pardon the pun, but you, Mm -hmm. you want, you want to put creative, interesting things in, in a way that people go, wow, maybe I didn't see that coming, but it doesn't just throw me completely off where I don't know what's happening and where, you know, where we are and that kind of stuff. So, Sometimes just a little section of something different can be cool. Awesome. Let's thank our friends. Marty, you want to thank our friends at Sweetwater this time? Yes. Clay and I get (laughs) our gear from Sweetwater. 
I have been up there for Gear Fest, which is unbelievable event. If you've never been to that, you should go to that um, and just see the place, meet the people. But when you buy gear from Sweetwater, they call you to make sure you've been able to set it up correctly. They take such good care of you and we're huge fans. Check out the show notes for links to our books and for links to Songtown. Anything else, Clay? Yeah, if you don't know about Songtown, you're in for a treat because we've got over 800 lesson videos and courses. We've helped writers um, like Sarah Davis and people come up through Songtown through our training, go on to write big hits in country and pop. Um, We're just all about having a supportive community for songwriters and helping you write your best songs. We give you connections when you're ready. We'll give you connections to the business. If you're just in it for the fun of it, to write a great song, to write your best song, we can help you. We help you level up in a big way. So check out songtown.com. We'll see you next time.